welcome to another episode of the Locked On Pac-12 podcast on the Locked On Sports Podcast Network, your team every day. In this case, your conference, the Conference of Champions. I'm your host, Emily Van Buskirk, and today we're going to do things a little bit differently. Yes, it's Thursday. It is almost the end of a long work week and the beginning of college football tonight. Stanford, UCLA, and the Pac-12, Thursday night game on the farm, going to be great. But I want to dedicate the majority of this episode to an interview I did on Wednesday with the Arizona State offensive coordinator, Rob Likens, an old friend, and been covering him for years, first at Cal, now at ASU. And he had a lot of great things to say about the Sun Devils matchup against um, Utah this weekend. So I definitely want to dedicate most of the episode to that interview. He talks a lot about you know, uh, Jane Daniels and all the great things that Herm Edwards is doing and how they're preparing for this big game in Utah, you know, because it's going to be uh, it's going to be a tough, tough game. So I'm going to save, you know, a lot of time for that. But I'm also going to talk a little bit about this weekend and how it could crush the Pac-12's college football playoff dreams you know, pretty much like it feels like every weekend could do that, but this one particularly has some big games. So we'll talk a little bit about what that means from a playoff perspective for the Pac-12 teams. And then after, you know, at the end of the episode, I want to talk a little, just very briefly, um, and mostly I want to reach out and have you guys talk about it on Twitter. How are we feeling about this ASU-Utah game being on Pac-12 Network? So I ask Coach Likens what he thinks, and we'll, I'll break that down at the end of the episode. So make sure you're subscribing to the podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen, please subscribe to the podcast. And if you're feeling generous, go ahead and rate and review it and leave me some comments. Let me know how I'm doing. Hopefully it's well and not terrible, but you never know. I'm open to all all criticism as long as it's mostly constructive. And make sure you follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Pac-12. I'm going to be tweeting at the Stanford-UCLA game tonight and then at the Oregon State-Cal game on Saturday, but I'll be keeping track of all the Pac-12 games and all the college football in general, so there'll be a lot of stuff on there. And you can go ahead and follow me on Twitter at Emilnem, E-M-I-L-N-E-M, and join in on the conversation anytime you want, please. Day or night, I'm always up, I'm always here, and I always want to talk about college football. So let's dive right in to... I feel like I say that every time. Let's dive in. How else do you say let's get started? You know, let's rev our engines. I don't know. But I do want to talk about, we're going to do a full breakdown in our usual Friday episode of the podcast. We'll be a more in-depth look at the lines and give my predictions. I don't think I've been doing very well. I'm going to have to go back and listen, but I don't think I've been right about too many things um, other than Stanford being Washington, which was a pretty big one to be right about, but uh, Friday's episode will delve deeper into the actual games themselves and what we think is going to happen, so that you can look forward to that tomorrow. But for now, I just want to talk about the impact heading into this week eight of that this will have on college football playoff implications. So this is it. Right now, there are four teams in the Pac-12 who have a reasonable argument to get into the college football playoff. We've got Oregon, Washington, Utah, Arizona State. Now, what do all these teams have in common right now? They all play each other 
this weekend. Oregon travels to Washington. It's going to be a very decisive game for the North. And then Utah hosts Arizona State in a huge South Division showdown because every game in the South is a huge South Division showdown, to be honest. But um, in relation to college football playoff, all of these schools, they have zero margin for error. And through the five, through five seasons of the college football playoff era, no two-loss team has ever reached the four-team tournament. So, you know, on that, if you're saying that, then technically Washington would not be in that conversation. But if they manage to upset some things and get to the Pac-12 game, yes, they have two losses, but... I mean, there's still, I think, a case that could be made um, if they could have a complete turnaround in the second half. But regardless, um, you've got Oregon, who unfortunately lost to Auburn early in the season, although that, I think, is a what we call a good, a good loss. You know, Arizona State knocked off Michigan State and Cal, so they look good um, on paper because MSU and Cal are now combined for an 8-5, and five, which is... Not great, but not terrible, right? Um, and then, but this game with Utah and Arizona State, one of them is going to lose. So when we come out of this, there's only going to be two teams left that could represent the Pac-12 in the college football playoff. Um, it probably, I mean, and th- again, these are all probabilities, probably not likely, but, you know, if certain things happen across the nation, then maybe. So the best bet at this point, I think, has got to be Oregon, right? I mean, they, they seem to be unanimously the best. They're undefeated still. They have that um, They have that going for them, and they have the one loss. Uh, Arizona State's one loss and Utah's one loss. Utah also has a great case being made. So what does this say? We've got these four games Either of the teams could win in either game, which is what's so scary about it. What's best for the conference, Oregon, Utah both winning. You know, okay, but that's that doesn't it doesn't mean anything. What's best for the conference, it really is irrelevant at this point. So um, you know, it's crazy to talk about I feel like we're in the same place every year trying to talk about college football playoff. Um you know, for the Pac twelve and it just is always it always ends up in the same narrative where they just can't make it through a season unscathed enough to justify being able to go when you've got teams like Clemson, Oklahoma, who their resume isn't necessarily superior, but they don't have the losses. And for some reason, that is just the biggest thing that people look look at. You know, well, this team's undefeated, so they must go, except if you're UCF, of course. <laughs> so, um But speaking of this Arizona-Utah game, I decided to bring in someone who can shed a little bit of light on Arizona State's game plan, what the Sun Devils have done to prepare for this big Utah game, and tell us what's up with Jaden Daniels. He's amazing. Uh, What is he like in real life? Is he really Superman? Offensive coordinator from ASU, Rob Likens, is coming on to tell us the secret behind Daniels. He's going to tell us what Herm Edwards has up his sleeve. So I cannot wait to hear one of my favorite people in the business. She's going to have all the answers for us. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. 
From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Okay, guys, I am joined now by offensive coordinator at ASU, Rob Likens, who I've known for a while now, and I'm so excited to have him on to talk about some Arizona State stuff. So what's up, Coach? I'm doing great, Emily. Thank you for having me. Of course. I, I appreciate you coming on, and i got to ask you right off the bat, this weekend was a phenomenal game for you guys. How walk me through that last um, series and that last play by your amazing Superman freshman quarterback? <laughs> yes, well, he's uh, yeah, he is something, and um, uh, he's a special kid. He sees the field like a, a guy that's been playing for two or three years, and uh, probably one of the things that he he does do best is is the two minute drill. You know, that was the third time that he has done that this season uh, on our last drive. You know. It, yeah. Michigan State, then at Cal, and and uh, and then and then this this pass game. But uh, you know he's a a, a rhythm quarterback. You, all you got to do is get him that first completion, mm-hmm. and uh, he's ready to go. And so uh, it, you know it's just kind of easy for me. I just call <laughs> uh, fastball plays that are one one word plays, and uh, he knows where to look. And one thing that's really special about him is he takes care of the football. He doesn't force the ball into coverage. And so I feel very comfortable calling plays. I don't have to, like, you know, uh, be careful Mm -hmm. because of him making a mistake because he just kind of refuses to make bad mistakes with (laughs) football. So I can just open up the playbook. The only thing right now we have to be concerned about in the the passing two-minute drill is, you know, our our offensive line – putting them on an island because we do have two freshmen starting up there and right. you know it's hard for them to hold up but you know one of the things that he does really well makes him special is he finds the running back out of the backfield a lot if you remember on that last drive i think we hit him about four times out of the backfield uh when he would feel pressure in the pocket and mm-hmm. he just doesn't panic and so uh he looks the right exactly where you tell him to look and and he makes the good decisions and then he checks it down uh when he doesn't have anything down the field so is that on, is that just ahead. inherent? I mean, he's being a freshman and being so young. How like what part of his personality makes him that kind of cool, calm, and collected? Yeah, I mean, it's just kind of how he he handles himself. He walks around. He's, he's not doesn't get overly excited. He, nothing. No moment is too big for him. Mm-hmm. He's just always calm. That's just the way you know, the, the way that he is. And it's my experience being around quarterbacks, you know, and, and skilled guys for 30 years is, is that it is, it's a special quality that it's very hard to coach. You don't, they just have it or they don't, you yeah. know? And, and then there's a, a, a quality I think quarterbacks have is where they will, they'll take the, the, the three yard check down, the five yard check down and not try to force balls. And that's what makes him so special. Tim couch had it. At, at Kentucky when when how mummy was there mm-hmm. uh, if he didn't find an open receiver within a second he's finding the running back and checking it down and man they just went through the SEC that year like it was nothing doing that <laughs> and you know Jaden reminds me a lot of, of how Tim couch used to do that and check it down to his, his running backs 
Wow, that, that's I would not have thought of that, but that's a really good, good point there. So when he jumped into the end zone the way he did, I know that Herm said that he was 100% surprised. He said in the post game that the, he he told the guys, "You guys are giving me a heart attack," which you know I'm not surprised. Were you surprised when he dove into the end zone like that? Yes, and <laughs> I could tell because he usually slides. Right? Okay, you tell him to slide all the time. Mm-hmm. Get down. Don't get hit because he, you know, yeah. weighs about 170 pounds soaking wet. <laughs> and uh, but I could tell around the seven yard line, and I could tell he's, you know, he sped up. He got mm-hmm. faster, and I went, "Oh no, oh no, he's going for it!" And I was just waiting for the most vicious hit you've ever seen. Yeah, and he just jumped over everybody and kind of did a half somersault and landed on his on his uh, his butt there and, uh, <laughs> and landed in the end zone and thank goodness he held onto the ball and, and he's okay. Yeah, he even landed like a pro. That's pretty <laughs> it's pretty incredible. But um, obviously big win for you guys, um, statement win, but now it's time you shake that off and you're heading into this pretty like hostile environment in Salt Lake City. I mean, it, it is a hard place to play at Rice-Eccles. Big time game between you and Utah. How has the preparation changed um, after you know after being at home with that big win, heading into this this pretty like hostile you know game Saturday? Yeah, it, uh, it's tough because you worry about the crowd noise. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the things that worked to our advantage was being able to go to Michigan State and play a game like this already. Oh yeah. So we were able to like you know look back on the things that we did there that helped us be successful. So it's not going to be something entirely new for our football team and our quarterback. Uh, so you know he he brought us back on the last second in that game uh, and um, I don't know if you would call Michigan State a hostile environment. <laughs> Uh, like Utah is probably going to be. It seems like the crowd's more upon you, yeah. you know, at, at Utah, and it is more of a interconference rival type game, right? Because we're both in the Pac-12 South, and and so uh, it, you know, we've had to try to prepare for the the the, um, the crowd noise. We've gone into the bubble, put the the music up as loud as you know you can't hear yourself think in there. <laughs> so we've been doing that all week, working on communication. Uh, and then, you know, also the thing you have to prepare for when you play Utah is the physicality of the game that you're going to play. And so, you know, we've been trying to get the guys pumped up. We've been hitting a lot this week in practice, probably a little more than usual, <laughs> uh, getting getting ready for the type of game that we're going to see. That's awesome. So how has Jaden been handling that kind of um, noise level that you guys are throwing at him this week? Uh, he's, he's done good. You know, okay. he's, he's not like the uh, – He's kind of a low talker a little bit, so we got to get on to him. He has to kind of change his personality a little bit by because he's got to yell some things out to the offensive linemen and communicate and all of that stuff. And um, you know, we've been joking with him all week, and the the guys have been messing with him all week to tell him to use his man voice and stuff like that. <laughs> so I like that. It's, yeah, it's been kind of fun, but uh, no, I think he, I think he'll do just fine. Saturday's game, you know, is being broadcast on Pac-12 networks, which is great for the conference, obviously, to have it on its own network. But is there any dismay that it's not going to be seen by, you know, national uh, pundits and fans, you know, on the East Coast or people that don't have Pac-12 networks? Yeah, you know, you'd like to get that exposure out there, especially because it's a a day game and a lot of our games are played at night, Mm -hmm. sometimes in the Pac-12. And so, you know, the... 
all, all the, the big cities over on the East Coast. And, and, you know, I got family in Ohio and family and over on the East Coast and things like that. And it's sometimes hard for them to stay up and watch us play. And, we, you know, you finally get a day game. And, uh, you know, it, it would have been nice. But you know what? I'm just thankful that um, I'm at a great university and, and we get a chance to play in a big game like this. And I hasn't really crossed my mind all that much. Okay, well, last question. You know, the pa- I feel like every year you and I talk about this, the Pac-12 South, it comes down to this crazy race, and there's a lot of teams, you know, in contention. And this year we're seeing Arizona, you know, having led the, the South for a bit. And it's kind of, it's just always chaos, right? So how what is Herm's secret and your secret to keeping these guys focused, head down, week to week, and not worrying about that bigger picture? Well, just like you said, that's exactly that's exactly it. It's what team can handle the distractions of being a, you know, an eighteen to twenty two year old, and you got you know everything that's going on in their life, school, uh, you know, football, mm-hmm. class. I mean, it's it's just it, it is tough. And so after about six weeks, you start as a coach, and this is you know, going into like the seventh or eighth week here, college football, you start to see where kids get distracted. They start, there's a cycle that goes on every week. Obviously you start on Monday and then it's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then Saturday you play the game. That cycle starts all over again. You do that 12 times. Yeah. And it's the team that lets go of the rope first. It's out of it. Yeah. That can't handle doing that cycle they get bored with doing the cycle you know all over again 12 times and so you just constantly talk to the kids about that man uh hold on to the rope man be the team that's <laughs> standing there last because any team any team in the pac 12 south could win it yeah that's true i like there's another good t-shirt idea hold on to the rope that's there it you go. Hold on See, to that rope. we need that's to right. start a rob likens line we're gonna get it going t-shirts for for football fans everywhere <laughs> I like it. I got to ask one last thing. Have you sure. talked to Manny Wilkins at all and how he's adjusting to the NFL life, you know, be after college? Yes, I have. And he's got a great situation there because every day he gets to sit in a room with Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> I know, right? And he gets to listen. He gets to learn. He watches how he goes through his, his business. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a professional and he's good. He's one of the best out there. And he gets to watch him operate in that setting every single day of his life. And he has learned. Yes, I have talked to him. He's just overwhelmed, excited. He's loving it. And Manny, though, is really competitive. And he thinks he thinks that, you know, he should be uh, (laughs) he'll that one day he should be a starting quarterback in the NFL. And I love that about him. I've always loved that about Manny. He's very confident uh, and he believes that he he belongs And um, I think that's going to take him a long ways. That's exciting. Definitely keep an eye on him um, out there in Green Bay. And and, uh, we'll be watching you this Saturday. So best of luck against the Utes. And uh, we'll check back in with you in a couple weeks. Okay, Emily, thank you so much for having me. Thank you. How about that? ASU offensive coordinator Rob Likens and quarterbacks coach, might I add, comparing freshman quarterback Jaden Daniels to Tim Couch. Very interesting comparison. Had not heard that before. Plus, what about that little nugget about Manny Wilkins, how he's doing in the NFL? I talked to Likens more off the podcast, and he said, you know, Manny is 
in their eyes open, learning everything he can and thinks he, he could, you know, eventually be a starting quarterback. And honestly, given his penchant for hard work and his drive and the fact that he's behind one of the greatest, I don't doubt it that we could that there is a world that we could see Manny Wilkins as a starting NFL quarterback. I guess it depends on his progress and how he, you know, grows with the game, but we saw him grow and change a lot at ASU. So it's definitely possible to see him do more of that in the NFL. Great interview, great guy. Cannot wait to watch ASU this weekend, take on Utah and see if Herm Edwards um, and Likens can put together that magic offensively. Which brings me to my final topic of the podcast. We asked, I asked Coach about it, you know, in the interview, but, and he, he was reticent to really say too much more than it is a little disappointing, but it's not their focus. The ASU at Utah game is being broadcast Saturday, 3 o'clock on Pac-12 networks, okay? Now, Pac-12 networks cannot be seen by people that have DirecTV, right? And I think uh, the other one is um, AT&T, U-verse, DirecTV, and Uverse. yes. So those are the two. They, they don't carry the Pac-12 network. So people who have those things cannot just at all watch the game, right? A lot of bars don't carry Pac-12 networks because they have DirecTV. Um, it has become an issue. It has been an issue since the beginning of this deal, and it has not stopped. 17 million homes will have access to number 17 Arizona State at number 13 Utah Saturday. But if the game were held on ESPNU or ESPN2, it would be available to 65 to 80 million homes. 80 million. So 17 million viewership versus 80 million on ESPN2. Now, selfishly, I don't get ESPNU here at my house in Marin. Weirdly, they don't. the channel just doesn't come here to Xfinity. No idea why. So I wouldn't be able to see it anyways. But I do have Pac-12 Networks. One of my favorite tweets that I saw about this is to Brad Denny. It's from Brad Denny. And he says, tired. If a tree falls in a forest and no one is around to hear it, doesn't make a sound. Like, that's a tired statement. Wired. If number 17 plays number 13 in a game dripping with Pac-12 South implications and it's on a network nobody gets, does the national CFB media notice? Brad Denny, you need to come on this podcast. I hope you're listening because that is my favorite tweet I've seen thus far this season. Excellent usage of the of the term dripping. Fantastic. But honestly a great a great question. And it it's not just so much the national attention, but it's the viewership itself of the fans that are across the country. Like Coach Lycan said, he has family in Ohio. You know, he has family on the East Coast. Hell, I have family on the East Coast. And they cannot it's hard enough to get them to watch games that are late at night, but you're going to put it on a network that only a percentage of the population gets. I don't understand the logic there. Um, if you do understand it, please send me a tweet and let me know what the rationale is. I'm assuming we're going to be hearing a statement about it from the Pac-12 uh, or Larry Scott this weekend because there's been so much outrage on the internet about it. Um, and it's funny because UCLA at Stanford, ESPN, uh, Oregon State at Cal, 1130 a.m. game, understandably Pac-12 network. You know, that one I get a little more. Two unranked teams, 1130 a.m. kick, understandable. Number 12, Oregon, and number 25, Washington, ABC, primetime 1230. 
Colorado, Washington State, 4 p.m., ESPNU. That's going to be the Wild Wild West game. And then Arizona at USC back on the Pac-12 network. I don't know. I don't know. Tell me how you guys feel about this. I mean, I see most people on the internet, I, I get the feeling. But it seems to me that missing out, having this game not be on a regional network, it does not make sense. It doesn't make sense to me because they're top 25 teams, because the conference needs more exposure. I don't get it. And somebody maybe somewhere can explain it to me. Um, Maybe Larry Scott will give us something this weekend. But anyways, that's going to do it for this episode of the podcast. We're going to have Friday's episode be a preview, so that's definitely one I know you all look forward to. I hope you enjoyed the interview with Likens. I'm going to try and get more you know, coaches and players on um, to give their perspective because I think it's unique and we, we all deserve to hear it. So stay tuned, stay sassy, and stay locked on Pac-12 football. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.